So once again, good morning. And it's nice to see that all of you made it to church today. It's like, you know, I can't wait to come to church. I really can't. Uh, Sunday mornings uh, are so special to us, me and my family, that church is important. This is the number one thing that I do on Sunday. The number two thing that I do on Sunday is nothing. After church, I go home and I rest uh, to get ready for the next week. But, you know, when you think about church, it's like, you're going to church today? I remember as a child growing up, we were told, you have to go to church today. You got to go to church. You meet people on the street who you don't normally see all the time and say, are you going to church anywhere? It's like always talking about church. So my thought is, what is church? What is church? And so if there was only a magical way that there was something that we can just punch in and, and a word and, and other things will come up and tell us about it. You know, the, the day and age with the, the technology, anything you want to know in the world is at your fingertips. However, when it comes to church, the only way to find out what church is about is right here in the Bible. Or not, it's not the only way. It's the best way to find out what church is about. And so as I, as I think about church, I went to uh, the Bible and I said, I want to learn what church is about. Why do we have church and what is it? So there's no better place to start than the book of Acts. And so before I start here, we're going to go into the book of Acts. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of, a, of what's going on here at this point until we get to the, the passage that I want to read. In the book of Acts, first, first off, we have there's the promise of the Holy Spirit. And this is where we are being promised that when Jesus leaves us, we are going to have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, here with us. And that is so important that we know that. And as we go on, we think about the Holy Spirit. We think of why he's coming is because Jesus is ascending. And in the, in the first chapter of Acts, it talks about how Jesus ascends into the heavens. And I can't even imagine the sight that that was as these people stood around and watched Jesus ascend into the clouds until they couldn't see him anymore. And the fact that the promise is that we are going to see that again when he comes back. The, the clouds are going to open up and Jesus is going to come back. We're going to see him the same way. So that's exciting. This is what's going on in the book of Acts. And then we have, you know, the, the, the lottery going on where they need to replace the apostle. That's going on in the book of Acts, the first chapter. And that's important because, you know, they, they needed to replace the one. Okay. And so then we come up to uh, in the second chapter of Acts. And this is, the, this is where I'm going to take my passage from. It's actually going to be from Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 36. But before we get to verse 36, what's going on here is Peter is giving his sermon at Pentecost. Now, before this happens, all of uh, the people saw the Holy Spirit come down like fire and rested on people. It's an amazing, would be an amazing thing to see. I know we haven't seen it. I wish we could have. It would be amazing to see this. And they're experiencing all these things like this, watching Jesus rise and ascend. And so Peter comes and he gives this sermon at Pentecost. Now, I can imagine that this was an extremely powerful sermon. And, but, you know, when you think about what did he have to work with at that time, I can imagine the Holy Spirit working in such a way 
that working through him that he was able to come out and communicate all these things to these people. And so I'm going to pick it up in verse, and I have to take my glasses off, forgive me, I might have to do this back and forth because I'm blind up close. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 36, and I'm going to read it through um, until verse 41. It said, Let all the house of Israel therefore know that certain, for certain, that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort, it, exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were, there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So imagine that sermon when 3,000 souls, one sermon, 3,000 souls. This isn't a church. This is a small town or a good-sized town, 3,000 people were, were saved that day. But before we get to that, why? Why were they saved? Why did they have it? And because of the words that Peter said when they talked about it, they were in awe. And the fact that taught just spreading, and all this is, is spreading the gospel, the life, the death, the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. And the fact that they were able to see these things, these miracles happen, and hear Peter preach with such amazing abilities and force that they were they were saved, and it only, can only give them an awe. Have you ever heard a sermon where you left and you were like, ah, oh. you know, it's amazing, and it's so good when that happens, and it may not happen all the time, but I got to tell you, it's happened many times. I I can remember being here in this building and hearing sermons and I'm just sitting I'm thinking to myself why is he talking at me only it's like the the words were for my brain only and it's amazing and I, I left in awe and, and what it does it makes me think it makes me think of what what's going on in, in the life and what what Christ is all about and so this is what happened here Peter spoke with such authority that these people ended up in awe and so, go to get to the 3,000 people. 3,000 people in one sermon, souls were saved. So now, what do they do? What do these 3,000 people do? Do they go to the arena and say, listen, we need the arena for church? Do they, I'm sure that they didn't have a building big enough that they could fit all these people to come in. And 3,000 people, all of a sudden, now they have to be here. So what, what do they do? And we're going to learn that in the next section, which is verses 42 and following. And it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. 
and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all had things in common. And they all were selling their possessions and being and belongings and distributing them the proceeds to all as had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So, the first thing that they did the first line, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. So they looked to the apostles. They wanted more teaching. They saw the wonders. They saw the miracles. They heard the sermon, changed their hearts. Now they want more. They looked to the apostles. The apostles are the ones that they're going to look to. That's who I would look to. If you knew that these men walked with Jesus, the same guy who you just saw ascend up into the heavens, I would want to go to these people. These are the ones that I want to learn more from them. And so they did. They, they sought them out, and they, and they let themselves open to the teachings. But still, where did they do this? The teaching. And it's like, I, I don't know. They were all there. They didn't have – I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, is this a big church? But they got together, teaching and the fellowship. And I think the apostles' teaching and the fellowship are so important. The first things here, not only do we come to church to hear God's word, to learn about God's word, and to be able to be, to be lifted up and be edified, we come here for fellowship. If you are out in the world all week long, most of us are. We have real jo regular jobs where we have to work and we're with the world and I know I do, and I struggle daily dealing with the people in the world. Daily. And the fact that it's when you are around certain people for an extended period of time, you become like those people. And so if you do not have a way to combat that, to say, you know what, listen, uh, I have to deal with you during the week, but I need my family, my church family. And that is the fellowship. So when you come to church on Sunday or Wednesday at home group or at a dinner that we have or at prayer meeting or anything that is going on within this church building, that is the fellowship that you need to help you get through everything that's beating you down the rest of the week. And so I think that is so important that we seek out the apostles' teaching. And in our case, we seek out our pastor's teaching. We seek that out, and, and even just as important is we seek out the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ. There's no better way than that. And it says, the next, next part of that says, to the breaking of bread and prayers. So the breaking of bread. I like to eat. Anybody else like to eat? That's right. Everybody likes to eat, right? What better way? To get together then to eat, have a dinner, have a meal. We're going to have one uh, next week. We're going to have a dinner, a meal together. But you know what? We don't have to have a dinner at this church building for people to come. You can have invite people of your own uh, to your own home. Invite people out. Have you invited anybody out to dinner lately? 
Have you been invited out to dinner? I've been invited out several times, and I go because I like to eat. And you know, so and and my wife. Now I will I will confess I am not the most inviting person to my house, but that's why they gave my God gave me my wife because she does it for me. And so we invite people, and it you cannot get to know anybody quicker than inviting them into your home and sitting around a table and talking and having a meal. That's why this is important, it's breaking bread and to prayers. And for the most part, when we get together, there's always prayers involved. And we need to pray. We need to be a praying church. We need to be from, from at home in your own prayer closet to where or wherever it is you, you pray to this church, this church building where we get together to pray. It, we cannot. We have to pray for our children daily. We have to pray for our leaders daily. We have to pray for our pastor and everyone involved. It is so important because if we don't pray, it's almost like you don't care. And I, I, I say that in a way. If you don't pray, you don't care. And if you cared about your family, you cared about your church, you cared about your, your country, you're going to pray for that to get the best that you can. And of all of it. And so that's why I think, again, this is just such an important passage. And then an awe came upon every soul. See that? That's what the awe was. It wasn't in the last one. Anybody catch that? Okay. Thanks for not telling me. I, I got it. But yeah, the awe. I, it, the, the amazing with, with awe. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. So that just goes together with uh, what I said. It, when you're together, you're all in common. So if you're together with the world, you're going to be in common with the world. You're going to be in common with the things that you probably don't want to be, but it's just too hard not to be because you're bombarded with it. So if you want to be bombarded with the good stuff, you want to be bombarded with scripture and God's word and other people who think the same way you do, you want to get together with them and be part of that and be part of that family and be part of that body of Christ. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing them, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Uh, that is pretty incredible thing that these people were selling all that they had and just giving it to people who had need. It's like, you know, I've seen many times in this church the overwhelming um, love that people show for other people when they're in need. It is amazing, and this is one of the best things that I love about this church is the fact that when people are in need, they step up. And they help out. And it's amazing where people will come up with things just to help out when they're in need. And so I, I want to encourage this entire church body that when there's a need, you know, it doesn't have to be known. It's just one of these things where you just go and do what you need to do. When there's a need. And uh, so I right now, there's a need for the Pratt family. They've been on my heart. Uh, not only do they have to deal with all the things that they're dealing with their son, they're stuck in the hospital and it's costing them money because they have to stay there and to feed them, 
feed them and, and, and stay there all the time. They need help. And so I, I just, I'm going to let that out there. That, so when there's a need, if anybody can help the press, contact them. Step up and talk to them and see what their needs are and help them out. Because that's what this church and this church family is about. So that's one of the things I want to share there. And day by day, attending the temple together, they received their food with glad, generous hearts. Oh, they attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. It's only like three or four verses there, and two times it's mentioned breaking bread. Again, how important is it to get together, to 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 break bread together, to give thanks for what God has given us, and to share that with your friends. In your family. I two times in, the, in three verses, that's pretty important stuff. And so, again, we need to really consider that breaking bread. And here's the big part of this one right here. Together, breaking bread in their homes. So where was their church? Their church was their homes. These 3,000 people didn't go to the arena, didn't go to the big coliseum or wherever they may have had their they can gather. They they gathered together daily, every day. They ate together. They prayed together. They listened to the apostles' teaching together, every day. This is what church is. Church is not this building. I mean, this building is not our church. This building is something that God gives us to be able to get us out of the weather. We come together to hear God's word. This is a building. The church is right here. It is each one of us that are sitting in these seats. And so whether or not we're here or whether we're at Barb's house sitting around the pool in the summertime, that's our church. If we're there to glorify God. Okay? So that is, it is so important, the fact that when I say you have to go to church. And I remember going to church as a kid. I went to these big, massive churches with the beautiful stained glass and it's, it's like when you walk in, you hear the, oh, you know, and it's, it's, you know, that type of mood. And you know what? I ran from that. I ran from that. And so when I, and, and you may have heard me say this before, but when I left that and I went to another church, my first experience in a, in a non-Catholic church, I almost ran from that too. Okay. I was looking for the door. When, uh, when I walked in and they started singing and clapping and standing, it just freaked me right out. wasn't used to that. We didn't have an organ playing. I almost ran from that. But I'll tell you what, God had a hold of my heart, and he, he wanted me to stay there. And so I want to encourage you, homes, home group. We need to go to home group. We need to get together as, as a church more than just Sunday morning. It's more than th this. There's so much more to life than this hour and a half that we spend here. And we need to spend it together studying God's word or just even encouraging each other and lifting each other up to, to just make us better people. Having favor, God, having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So when you think about this, is it up to us to save people? It's not up to us. We can't do anything to save people. The only thing we can do is we can reach out to people. We can share the good news like Peter did in that sermon at Pentecost and give the good news about 
uh, the gospel of Christ, his life, the perfect life that he led, and the fact that he sacrificed himself on the cross for us. He died and he raised again. That is what we need to do. We need to share that. And it is God who will add the numbers day by day, filling these seats one at a time. It's not for us to worry about. We need to worry about what we need to worry about. Let God take care of what God needs to take care of. And so that's how people get saved. Now, when we think about this is where the church, in the book of Acts, the church were the people. They met in their homes. They got together every day. They, they did not play church. They lived church. And that's what church is, living it together. And so when you think of church and a church family, this is a body. The, the body of Christ is right here. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are part of the body of Christ right now. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ right now, you need to and become part of the body. Okay? And I don't know if anybody has ever really thought about what the body is like, the human body. Things move separately. Every part, there's so many different parts of the body that you wonder, how does this all work? I can't figure it out. My stepson might be able to. He's going to medical school. He knows all the workings of the, of the, the body. But you know what? I can't. And it's amazing that when you have a body, now I'm fairly healthy, a few aches and pains. As you get older, you get more aches and pains. But when you think about this, even when you're healthy, the littlest thing that might happen to you, like I suffer with, I used to suffer with gout. Now I don't anymore. Uh, it would hit my ankle. Most people, gout would go under their toe. And if you've never had gout, I will tell you that it is the most extremely painful thing that I've ever felt in my life. And uh, I can't even explain how, how much it is. But I could get it in one ankle, and that ankle would swell up. I couldn't move it. And what that, what that did was it affected my knee. It affected my hip. It affected my lower back because I have to compensate everything in my body for that one little pain in my foot. So now, when you think about the body of Christ, we are all the body. We are all working parts of this church, this body of Christ. If you're not doing your part, what suffers? Everything else that works together is what suffers. Now, again, if there was only a way that you could figure out where there might be scripture for that, and there is. Uh, in Romans, uh, let's see where it is. Romans 12, verse 4. Uh, let's see if we can find that. Romans 12, verse 4 and following. Uh, let's start in 3. We'll, go, we'll start with the verse 3. It says, for the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, members one another, having gifts from different 
that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them in prophecy in proportion to the faith. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts in mercy, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So this is telling us we are the body of Christ, and we all have gifts. We all have a gift of something that we can add and that we should be adding. It may not be speaking in tongues. It may not be gifts of prophecy. It could be gifts of serving. It could be gifts of hospitality, gifts whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what the gifts are. But we need to use those gifts. And we need to use these gifts together. And so that if one one person or one gift isn't being used, then all of a sudden the, the church is suffering in that area. It's lacking. And we don't want it to lack. We don't want this church body to lack. We want this church body to thrive and survive. And so by doing that, it takes every one of us. And it doesn't matter what it is you're doing. It could be the persons or people who clean the church, who go down into those bathrooms and scrub them before every Sunday so that you can come in here and have a nice clean bathroom. It's for the people who faithfully give of their tithes so that we can keep the lights and the heat on so when you come in here we can see what we're doing and not be cold. It is everybody's part to be part of this church body. And so also there's another uh, scripture I'd like to share. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 12. First Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, through though many, are one body. So it is with Christ, for in the Spirit we are all baptized in the one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free. And all were made to drink of the one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body. What would, what would that not make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were single members, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I mean, again, this is just, it's so clear. This is so clear that this is God's word. and He's telling us that we are all one body. And we all have something that we have to offer. And like you said, just because um, I myself, and I'm just going to give you a little thing. When it comes to me standing up before you and preaching, I was intimidated many times because we have such a great pastor who has a way of sharing God's word and telling us and teaching us that it's like, you know what? I can't be Pastor Jacob. I can't be Pastor Strode. I can't be anybody who stands up in here. And what I realize and what God has opened in my, in my heart and my mind is 
I don't have to be any of them. We already have them. I have to be me. And so that's the same for all of you. You don't have to worry about what I'm doing. We have to worry about what you're doing. Worry about and do your part, and then you'll see how everything will work together and gel together. So let's continue. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. One of the contrary, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unrepresented parts are treated with greater modesty. So as I read, and I read this a bunch of times uh, this past week, and it just makes me think the person who comes and cleans our bathrooms is probably the most important person in this church. And whoever they are when they come, they are important because you know what? This is something that's getting – we come to church and don't even think about these things. We come here, and it's like – so – and this is something that gets done with nobody knowing about it. It's just getting done, and it's done because of their service to the church, their service to God, and their service to Christ. That's why it's being done. And so this shows that there is no, no grade pay grade here. We're all getting paid the same. Okay, and so it is. It is so. It is so neat that the the word says it like that. Also, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that they that there may be no division in the body, that but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So, again, this is so, this black and white here. The words jump out of the page. If a member suffers, we suffer with them. I know many of you know uh, what's going on with the chase. With chase, we suffer. I know that it, it, it's hurting your heart to see this little baby going through this. And, and he's, he's tough. He'll be fine, but it's hard, but we suffer with him. But you know what? When he comes home and he's all better, we're going to rejoice with him the same way. And we're going to rejoice with whenever there's anything going on with, with this body of Christ. We suffer when you suffer, and we rejoice when you rejoice. And why is that? Because this is the body of Christ, and we are part of that body, and we need to stay part of that body and we need to realize that the body of Christ is the church and that was my main focus and goal is to realize how the church is us the body of Christ and so you're getting out early today I'm telling you that right now alright but that doesn't mean you get to leave we're going to set up tables before you go. And this goes for all you young guys, all right? Because you know, there's a lot of old people around here. You know, take it easy on us. But no. Uh, so as I'm closing here, I'm going to read this last part. And uh, this comes from uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. 
It says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has anointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. All are apostles, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. So, our Advent candle today is on hope. This is a hope right here. This is a hope right here. We earnestly desire the gifts. We earnestly desire to serve our church. Let me get the glue. Uh, we earnestly desire to serve our church. We want to earnestly desire to be part of the body of Christ together. And that is, and if we do that, and it shall be, it could be more. Let's see. Let me get this right. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So when we honor God, we honor Christ, he is going to show us a more excellent way. And he is going to uh, give us more hope than we could ever imagine. I know more than I've ever deserved. I have more things in life than I ever deserved. And uh, one other thing that I didn't mention was in the other passage in Acts that I found was uh, extremely important is the fact that we are here. If you are a believer in Christ, we are here because Christ called us. Christ called us out. Okay, No matter how much we want to say, I found Christ, the only way I found Christ is because he yelled for me. And he told me where he was. And so the fact that we're here is because Christ called us to him. And so if you get that call with Christ, the man who, the man, the God who ascended into heaven, called you to follow him, you need to do that. And if you haven't done that yet today, I would encourage you, before you leave, do that. Do that and become a part of the body of Christ because it is so important and it is, uh, it's fulfilling. I mean, when you really need uh, time, and when, when you have one of those weeks where you've just had enough of the world and you just want to crawl in a hole and just bury your head for a week, there's no reason for that. There's no reason for that. You can look to God's Word. You can look to uh, fellow believers, and you can get together with them. And I want to encourage everyone. There's always, I don't know if you've ever heard this saying that uh, 20% of the church does 80% of the work. Have you ever heard that phrase? It's probably closer to 10% and 90, honestly. And so what we want to do is we want to close that gap. We want to close that gap and we want to encourage everyone. We want 100%, 100%. It may not be all the work, but it needs to be some of the work. We need to get together and work together, pray together, live together as a body of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for this uh, this time of sharing your word. And Lord, we, we want to earnestly uh, desire you. We want to earnestly desire the gifts. We want to earnestly desire to get together and to be uh, part of your body, the body of Christ, and to become the church that you want us to be. And so, Lord, as we, as we uh, go forward today, 
I just want to pray if there's anyone out there right now who has not accepted you as, as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they do that now. Just take this time and, and just lift their hand, lift their voice or their heart and say, Lord, uh, I want to be part of that body. And if they do, Lord, I just uh, the angels will rejoice in, in that. And so, Lord, if anyone does that, I, I pray that you seek someone out today and talk to them just like uh, the 3,000 did when, uh, when they all got saved and they sought out the teachings of the apostles. You need to seek, seek out the teaching of Christ, and uh, we can do that. And so, Lord, as we uh, get ready today, and uh, we're going to sing uh, your amazing love, and that's what you have for us. And uh, we thank you for that. And uh, as we go out today and into the world for the rest of this week, Lord, we just pray that you be with us, guide us, and uh, give us the comfort and uh, the help that we need to get through until we can all meet again. We do this all in Jesus' name. Amen.